0: So two weeks ago, we kicked off our series uh, we're calling Why Worship? And in this series, what we're really trying to do is explore the purpose um, of meeting together like we are this morning, week after week after week. And we do a lot of things in this space on a Sunday morning. And and everything that we do, surprisingly, has a reason for everything that we do. And so we want to talk about that in this series. So why do we worship? the way we worship in this space? And and why do we do all the things that we do in this space? And really, what is the purpose of worshiping together here weekly? And, And in this series, we've had a theme verse that we've been using. It won't be on the screen, but just listen to this theme verse a second. It's Psalm 96, 7 through 9. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. And so when we kicked off this series a couple weeks ago, we had a panel with our worship directors and we explored two kind of aspects of our worship here. That is the call to worship and then singing. And then we also spent time discussing one of the major reasons why we're here together. So why do we worship? To remember. To remember. We come to this space weekly to worship together because we need a constant reminder in our lives of the story of Jesus, that it's a true story, and that even in the routine kind of mundanity of our lives, we are living in the same story that Jesus is in, and Jesus calls us to do something in that story. And so we need a reminder of that again and again and again because we have short memories we forget, we worship to remember. And then last week, uh, we really took part in another major reason for worshiping here together, and that is to celebrate. And last Sunday uh, during worship we celebrated over 40 people professing their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior and we celebrated as they joined TFRC and said this community is my community and and we celebrated the stories of faith that we heard and we celebrated the eight infant bapti- baptisms which by the way is a record here for any Sunday ever eight infant baptisms so so why do we worship to remember and like last week, to celebrate, to, to celebrate what God has done in our midst and to celebrate what God is doing in our midst and to celebrate what God is yet to do in our lives. We worship to remember and to celebrate. And this morning, I want to add another reason for why we enter this space week after week after week. We worship also to give thanks, to give thanks. We come to this space weekly and we join together to offer up our great thanks to our incredible God. And and I suppose that this Sunday is a pretty fitting time to reflect on the priority of giving thanks and worship, isn't it? Because something's going on on Thursday, isn't it? It's Thanksgiving. And on Thanksgiving, we're gonna hang out with our friends and our family and we're gonna break bread together and we're gonna eat turkey and we're gonna get way too full and then we're gonna watch the Lions play football and like clockwork, they're going to disappoint us like every single year. And we're gonna come together and we're gonna enjoy our company, hopefully. And then most of us have a routine around the Thanksgiving table, don't we? Where we pray and we'll pray a prayer of thanksgiving to God, or you might even go around the table and it'll be time of sharing thanks, right? Where we say thank you for all of the things and events and people in our lives, and we say, God, we thank you for all of it. In some ways, that moment around the table is a lot like what we're supposed to be doing in this space. It should look very similar. Why worship? to come to this space week after week and to reflect upon the power of God in our lives and to ultimately find ourselves thankful to God for all of it, even when life gets difficult. And so this morning, we're going to dive into the theme of thankfulness here in worship because it's so vital in this space. But before we get there, we need to get to the scripture reading. And our scriptures this morning is 1 Chronicles 16, and it's two chunks of scriptures. It's two verses, 7 through 13, and then 23 through 34 for those of you with the Bible. And our scripture reader this morning is Jane Miller. So Jane, you can head on up and what we like to do here is we stand and we face the center of the room where the scripture is read because the scriptures are the center of our lives because of the story of jesus ultimately so go ahead jane when you're ready
1: that day david first appointed asaph and his associates to give praise to the lord in this manner give praise to the lord proclaim his name make known among the nations what he has done Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob, Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established, it cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever.
0: Thank you, Jane. You may be seated. So the passage that we just heard this morning is part of a celebration of sorts. And, and so the story goes, there's a man named David uh, who becomes king over Israel after the previous king is rejected by God. And then he actually dies by his own sword, which is a great story. If you ever have time to read a story, that's a good one to read. Um, anyway, so David becomes king and David moves the capital of Israel to the city of Jerusalem. Which is great, but there's a problem because even though the people of God, the Israelites are in Jerusalem, the the starkest reminder of God to the Israelites called the Ark of the Covenant was not in Jerusalem. Now, if you don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is, the Ark of the Covenant was this box that held the two tablets of the law that were written on it, kind of the Ten Commandments, and they were in this box. And the Ark was also seen as the throne or or the seat of God um, as well. And the Israelites, they always carried the Ark of the Covenant with them because it was the ultimate symbol of God being With them. Literally, the tent where the Ark of the Covenant was, was the house of God among the people of God, among the Israelites. But the Ark was not in Jerusalem. And so King David sends his men to grab it from a house where it sat for many years and then to bring it to Jerusalem. And then there's this great procession of getting the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And there's this crazy story of this guy that's kind of carrying the Ark as he walks. And he sees that the Ark might be tipping. And so he places his hand on the Ark to steady it. And the scriptures say he dies immediately. It's this crazy story. Now kids... All the kids in the room, look at me a second, stop coloring, I see you. Kids, have your parents read you this story and then have your parents explain why the guy died. They will give you a brilliant answer. I promise it's going to happen. Anyway, so the ark uh, was on its way into Jerusalem. And eventually the ark makes its way into the gates into the city. And to celebrate the return of the ark, the people essentially kick off an impromptu worship service. That's what happens. Because God was now with his people. And they sang to God. And and they burnt many offerings before God. It was basically a giant worship party of sorts. And I say party because they had cake. And anytime there's cake, there's a party. Actually, listen to this passage. It's actually in the Bible. It's awesome. Then he gave a loaf of bread... A cake of dates and a cake of raisins to each Israelite man and woman. David gave the cake to the people. It was a party. Anytime there's cake, it's a party. Amen? Now, then we get to our passage of the day. And our passage is essentially a great big song to God. Because God was dwelling with his people in Jerusalem. You see, this song is referred to as a great song of thanksgiving. Because the people were thankful that God was present with them. And I want us to notice this morning why that this impromptu worship service in Jerusalem thousands of years ago, why the Israelites wanted to give thanks to their God. Because I think if we understand why they wanted to give thanks, it will help us understand why in this space we should give thanks. We'll start here. We give thanks to God because God never gives up on His people. The story of Israel, the whole story, is, is uh, the relationship with God was tenuous at best it was a difficult relationship God at one point a long time ago makes a covenant with Abram and then Abram breaks the covenant and then Abram's kids break the covenant and then God renews the covenant and you see that through the Moses story and guess what God's people break the covenant again. And then God meets his people on Sinai and they covenant together again. And literally days pass and his people break the covenant again. And then it goes on and on and on and on. God's people continuing to break God's covenant. But what we must realize is that even as God's people fail, they fail God again and again and again. Despite that, God never gives up on his people. And that means for us seated here this morning that God never gives up on us. You know, every one of us in this room have stories of failing, right? I'm going to assume that this morning, where we just have failed. You know, we all have those stories where we have done something or we've said something or we have thought something that we probably wouldn't share with our neighbor next to us this morning, I'm assuming, and, and there's many of us in this room that say we are followers of Jesus and we believe that and we strive for that. Yet, sin creeps into our lives and we find ourselves turning our backs on God, even if it's just for a minute. And it doesn't seem to matter with age. It doesn't seem like we get better either. As we get older, the stories of moral failure and, and faith failure, they tend to persist in our lives, don't they? Yet. Yet. As the Israelites learned over and over again, despite their failures, and man, they had some fantastic failures, God never gave up on them. And God never gives up on us. You see, in the song we just read this morning, our scripture reading, at the end, the last verse we just read, listen to this. You maybe have found it familiar. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures for a minute, for a day, for a week, for a season, for decades. No, forever. God's love for us endures forever despite all of our failures and shortcomings and betrayals. God's love endures. And when we come to this space and we remember our own lives and all the failures and shortcomings and betrayals that make us up in many ways, and and then we remember that God's love still persists. He still loves us. Well, the only response when we get that is thanksgiving, is worship, isn't it? We come to this place week after week after week to give our thanks to God because he has not given up on us. Now one more thing. We give our thanks to God because who God is as well. L- let me just return to our scripture reading just for a minute. And I just want to read some of the verses from our scripture and just listen to these verses. Are you ready? Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. You know, what we're reading is really some attributes of God. They're singing about who God is in this passage. And do you want to know who our God is? Do you want to know? Our God does wonderful acts. Our God has glory in his name. Our God is strong Our God does wonders and miracles. Our God saves his people. Our God is feared by all other gods and powers and principalities. Our God is the creator of everything seen and everything unseen. And oh, by the way, our God is king of the whole world. Every square inch of it. Church, this is our God. Our God is strong, and glorious, and full of wonders, and miracles, and saves, and our God is firmly in control of this world. You see, when we grasp this, when we just understand who this God is in our lives and in this world, the only response is great, abundant thanksgiving. Because if all these attributes of God are true, then what shall we fear? No matter how bad life gets, no matter how dark the world seems, no matter how battered down the church gets, and no matter how much money is in our bank accounts or how much food is on our shelves or the status of our health or the behavior of our kids, no matter, because God is firmly in control, and that means we are going to be okay. And it doesn't mean bad things won't happen to us. But it does mean that in the midst of all the bad that does happen, our God is with us and our God is for us. And our God is going to use all of it to reconcile the world back to himself, to make everything good and right again. And when we grasp this, We will come to this space week after week after week, and we will not be apathetic. We will not be quiet. We will not be checked out. We will not be whatever we feel we are today. We will be overcome with thankfulness toward God, and we will worship him. Now, there's one person in our church, and there's probably a few, that really understands this, Uh, He actually was leading us in worship uh, this morning. It's Jason Schlund, and he really gets the thankfulness part of our faith, of showing up here and just being grateful for his life. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, Ryan and Lorianne up here, and they got to share kind of their heart for worship, just why they want to do this week after week after week. And we thought it would be a great opportunity for Jason Schlund to share as well. So we're going to invite Jason up. Come on up, Jason. Take it away. Thank you, John, and thank you,
2: everybody. I'm pretty honored that the church asked me to share this morning. They wanted me to just give a little bit of insight of what's going on when I'm up here. And I can boil it down for you. I am a living, breathing example of what gratitude looks like. And I know a lot of you know my story, but there's a lot of you that don't know my story. And who I am today is all because of my story and all because of God. For several years, I was addicted to drugs. And uh, more specifically, I was addicted to methamphetamine. I know a lot of you are probably thinking, wow, that large guy up on the platform was addicted to meth. (laughs) But it is true. I haven't always been this vision of beauty that you see before you. (laughs) For several, several years, I tried to get clean on my own, and it never worked out. I'd get clean and then I'd relapse, get clean and I'd relapse, hurt the people that love me. Then I started attending the Monday night uh, recovery groups here, the recovery for life. More specifically, I uh, started attending the anger management class. But the whole time that I was taking the class, I was still using. Life happened, I continued to use. I ended up hitting my rock bottom. I lost my kids, I lost my wife. I was, I was estranged from my siblings, they wanted to have nothing to do with me. I lost the trust of my, my parents. And I almost lost my job. And rightfully so, I got kicked out of my house. And I had nowhere to go. Then Pastor Brian, we were in a we were in a men's group together, a four by four, for about a year. He's like, You need to come and stay with me. And I cannot think Pastor Brian and his family enough for what they've done in my life. But while I was at Pastor Brian's house, I, I fell to my knees and I said a prayer. I said, God, if this is all that you have in store for me to get clean and relapse, get clean and relapse, hurt the ones that I love, God, just kill me now. I don't want this anymore. God, but if you have a plan for me, I've tried it on my own for too long. I need your help. God, I need your love. God, I give up control. I give you my heart and I give you my life and you can do with whatever you want with me. And from that moment on, my life was in a trajectory like this. And this past October 30th, that was 10 years. And for 10 years, for ten years I've been through the grace of God free from my addiction to methamphetamine. I spent some time in the risen house. I started going to celebrate recovery twelve step groups. I started attending the Monday night men's group. My actually my wife's Aunt Robin and Uncle Rick took me in. Let me give me a place to stay. Lorianne Lee asked me to be a part of the worship machine, and that led to being on the platform in the worship team. And then when they started offering it, I started going to the Wednesday night recharge groups. I got a new job that was through God completely that had upstanding men in the management positions that were... Mature Christians and gave me a great example of what it was what it looked like to be at work and be a Christian The point I'm trying to get in is there was many people who invested in me and The common thread through all of that is I didn't just sit on my butt I Got up I got plugged in I got involved with this church One of the most important Groups that I have in my life is my 4 by 4 my men's group. Me and Pastor Brian have been in the same men's group for about 11 years now. Currently, I'm in one. uh, Lee Moshak and Mark Pearson are in my group. One of the things we did in the men's group is we went through discipleship training. And one of the traits of a disciple is to take on the yoke of the rabbi. Well, Jesus Christ is my rabbi. And the yoke is every rabbi has one or two commandments that they think are the most important to follow. And in the book of Matthew, it says that the Pharisees asked Jesus, they said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I took on the yoke of my rabbi and I try to live that out on a daily basis. When I walk into work from the parking lot, it's a pretty good walk. I recite that to myself. I love the Lord your God, love your neighbor. Then at the end of the day, when I'm laying in bed, I just kind of think, how did I do today? Did I love on God? Did I love on my neighbor? I'll tell you what, there's many days where I fail and I just gotta pick myself up by the bootstraps and and do better the next day. But when I took on the yoke of the rabbi, that made me realize something, that this church is a living, breathing example of what it means to live out the great commandment. On any given Sunday, I can look out over the congregation and I can see a 100 different people that have invested in my life and made me the person that I am today and made me the Christian that I am today. And that, I am eternally grateful for all of you for that. We are neighbors, each and every one of us. And when we love on each other, we are worshiping because we are following the greatest commandment. And when I'm up here, that's a little piece of what, that's just a a piece of what I'm doing up here is you guys loved on me, made me who I am. Well, I'm trying to pay it forward and love, love on you back. You led me in who I was to, on being a person and a Christian. So when I'm up here and I'm trying to exhort you to get you to lift your, hand, lift your hands, clap your hands, sing out, I'm trying to lead you back. Trying to lead you into being the worshipers that I know that every one of you can be. I know that when I look out there and I see the people that invested in me, it's not just people. It was God working through those people. And I know, I am so thankful that God has worked through you. And that comes to the second part of the great commandment, actually the first, but, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That is what's happening when I'm up here. That is me. How can I not give my all to the God who has given me everything? If you would have asked me 10 years ago that I would have my kids back, that I would have my wife back, that I'd have my family's trust back in me, that I'd be on a platform in a church leading worship for hundreds of people, I would have said, you're crazy. But you know what? That's my, that is my reality because only, only because of God. I am eternally grateful, and my heart is full of love. And when I am worshiping up on this platform, that's what's happening is that love is pouring out of me. How can I hold back my worship when my God has changed my life, changed my soul, my eternity, and lifted me out of a nightmare? Listen, I saw where my life was heading, and that was prison or death. And now I can look at where I'm at today and where I could have been and I can't hold my emotions back. It pours out of me. People, I am living proof that you can be transformed. In 2 Corinthians, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. I'm a totally different person than who I was 10 years ago. And if anybody knew me 10 years ago, they would Agree with me fully. I know that all you don't have the same drastic story of God changing you in your life, but I can guarantee you that each and every one of you, each and every one of you has a story of how God's worked in your life. Let alone he allowed you to get out of bed this morning and fill your lungs with air, am I right? But I want each and every one of you, when you worship, take that story of your life, hold on to it, let that fill your heart with love, and let it pour out of you when you worship. The great commandment says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It doesn't say to love the Lord your God with just what you want to bring today. It doesn't say to just love the Lord your God with just a little bit. It says to love the Lord your God with everything that you have. Everything that you are. Everything that you will be. And thank him for an eternity. Listen people. I'm not special. Just a regular guy. I have a regular life and I have a regular job and I fall short every day because I am a sinner. But what I am is I am grateful to God for how he has worked in my life. I am thankful for this body of believers and how you have invested in me. I'm a guy who loves his God, who loves his Jesus and guess what? I'm not afraid to show it. Are you?
0: Thank you. And with that, let's pray. God, we thank you for stories like Jason's, stories where you have come into our lives and you have just radically revamped and changed our lives, God. And we come to you with just great gratitude today that that's what you're in the business of doing, God, is changing us, uh, changing us more into the image of Jesus, and God, as we uh, head off into worship, God, we just pray that um, we, are, we come face-to-face with that story that each of us have, that you have invaded our lives and you've changed us and transformed us, God, and that makes us grateful, God. And so we pray that you help us uh, voice that today as we sing to you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.